Welcome to um, a great new conversation uh, in a whole new year after the election um, from the Progressive Democrats of LaPorte County. We are all, um, and everybody I know, is excited to talk about what is going to happen with the Democratic Party in the future. So we all know that um, the current state chair has announced that he is not going to run again. And so, um, you know, this is the time to think about the future of the party, what we could do different, and what we think uh, will make it better. And so I am just super excited to have uh, State Representative Carly Macer here with me today. Do we still call you that even after the election? We still no. we call you former. Former state representative, yeah, yeah. Okay. former state representative yeah, yeah, yeah. Carly Macer with us to talk about just that issue. And so I want to read a little bio about Carly. Um, so everyone knows about her background. So uh, former state representative Carly Macer was first elected to the Indiana House of Representatives in 2012 and is a resident and native of Wayne Township on the west side of Indianapolis. As a former president of the Wayne Township Education Foundation, former president of the 40 West Business Association and the Community Relations Manager Clinical Li Liaison at Northwest Healthcare Center, Macer has worked with families, workers, and business leaders to accomplish shared goals in the community. She's a founding member of the community and economic development nonprofit, Indie Gateway, focusing on improving the quality of life for everyone on the West Side. By fighting for industry in both the public and private sector, she has worked to create jobs, build community networks, and quality living in Indiana uh, House District 92. Representative Macer was the first Democrat to represent her community in over 60 years uh, and was the first woman to ever hold that position. She now spends her time traveling the state, training strong candidates to run for office and building coalitions with local leaders to reestablish the infrastructure of the Democratic Party. With a focus on building the bench and advocating for diverse representation at all levels of government, Representative Macer has made uplifting Democrats and advancing fair, progressive policies her top priority. And I just want to echo um, those words because um, in my work with um, the 29 progressive women that we worked with to run for the state legislature in 2020, Carly was right there. And she was very helpful and very supportive of all of those women. And, um, and they really needed it. So now the Democratic Party. Um, as I said, John Zodi has announced that he won't be running again for the state chair, so there will be an open seat. And, um, and I just want to go through the process quickly so people know how it works. So it's, an, it's because, and it's interesting, I will say. So in um, the midterm elections on the primary ballot, people run for a precinct committee chair uh, yeah, for the Democratic Party. And um, often, you know, they don't, not enough people run, and so there are vacancies, but that's where you would run. So the next one would be in 2022. Then um, uh, it, the last one in 2018, uh, three years after that, now in 2021, uh, in the very first Saturday of March, March 6th, uh, precinct committee chairs and their vice chairs will come together in each county and elect a county chair and the, and the uh, officers. And then, um, those newly elected county chairs, one week later, will come together with all of the other newly elected county chairs in the uh, in one of the nine Indiana congressional districts, and they will elect um, a congressional district chair and the officers. 
then those newly elected congressional district chairs and vice chairs will be admitted onto the state central committee. Um, and so they, along with um, a few, uh, three uh, representatives from the National Democratic Party who are from Indiana and uh, leaders of the constituent caucuses in Indiana uh, party, the uh, six of them, and some deputy chairs and possibly someone else I don't know about, but this is all I know. But they will all come together and they will elect the um, state chair and that's on the third Saturday in March. So it's an interesting process and um, not, not terribly intuitive. So, um, so I first wanna um, give Kylie a chance to just, just say a few words, but I do have some questions. I was very pleased that people submitted questions. And so I have some questions, but, but Kylie, you know, tell us about yourself. Tell us why you're running for um, the state chair and you know what your vision is. Yeah, well, I think you just told, uh, was able to tell a little bit about me in my bio, but I want everyone to know I've had a credible an, uh, an opportunity um, to represent one of the finest communities in the state of Indiana, and I could not be more proud of that experience. And uh, but you know, I, I think the future of our party is really up for grabs right now. It comes down to whether or not we're ready to make the bold changes that are necessary to flip seats and to win races so that we can act fair and progressive policies. You know, it's going to take a comprehensive plan, a really aggressive strategy that takes us into the next decade and beyond. And if we really want to make the systematic changes, I mean, there's no way around this. I, uh, I believe it with everything in me. And I will tell you, Deb, it's important, I think, uh, for me, is my team and I have put together uh, a plan, a plan that we think will guide us and, and will guide our strategy to bring new approaches and resources to the table. And what I believe, um, I believe the role of the state party chair should really be to add value to the work that's already be taking place around the state and to provide support structure and uh, truly lift up the work being done in each of our counties. There are incredible people doing a lot of work and I think a, a very uh, high priority and the role should be is to add to the work that they're doing and continue to lift them up. That's awesome. I mean, I'm so excited about, you know, the possibilities. Um, okay, so here is, um, here is question number one. Um, uh, someone asks um, for you to please give your analysis of the election results in okay. 2020. <laughs> I'll let you go, you know, state, local, whatever, whatever, whatever you'd like to talk yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think we're all just still kind of um, reeling, getting by. I know it's been uh, just a, a, a tough uh, several weeks for many reasons here in the state of Indiana, most importantly, but even on a national level. I, I think we all have just every day uh, been working our way into feeling like we have a new president and we know that now. And uh, But we'll feel good when we get across the finish line, no matter what. So I have to say for me, I believe for any of us that that's a, a priority. But the election really has showed us doing the same thing year after year is simply, it just isn't working. And right. that if we're going to flip seats, then we need to overhaul the strategy and begin with a full in-depth analysis of all of our races up and down the ballot. I mean, we're still in the midst of a deeply divided time in our nation and in Indiana is not immune to that. 
But I, I mean, we cannot continue to uh, combat the narrative that's being told about Democrats. And that's what I'm sick of if, is, you know, our only messaging feels is if that we're just not Republicans and the policies that the supermajority in the state house that I've watched in front of my face continue to pass have done real harm to a lot of our Hoosier families, to our public schools, it, it is destroying uh, the infrastructure and lives of our community. And without a strategic focus on retaking the majority, I just, I've been doing this for eight years and I'd never heard retaking the majority being a focus of ours. And we're going to continue to spin our wheels without making any progress. And I know for sure, that's why I want to be our, to, to help lead us. Um, to a path of victory for us to, to, to see the day when Democrats are in the majority. And quite honestly, it was really crushing. It was crushing because, I mean, it's not entirely unexpected to me to have seen some of my friends in the state house lose their seat this year. And it's, you know, it's an indication of where our priorities lie. We have to be doing more to get our candidates across the aisle and cross that finish line. And I keep coming back to the fact that it means, I mean, fundraising like we have never, ever seen, training our candidates and creating solution message strategies that help lay out the groundwork for true success. It's, it's, it's been a tough, tough time. It's been honestly a tough year. It's been a tough decade. Yeah. And that is why I knew that it was time for us to really, no matter what, to have the real conversations about the election, what the experience, this experience, to really look at that, to, to, to also look at the past decade. But Deb, more importantly, we must look ahead and we must create a comprehensive strategy and work day and night for the priorities and the policies that we stand for and to do what we can to help who's your families and the people that we represent. Awesome. Okay, so, all right. So, um, and you brought something up about messaging and we did get a question on that. And I, <clears throat> I just wanna say, you know, in my experience in this last election cycle, it was really clear that we were not able to get our candidates messages to anyone who was not already gonna vote for them. And, mm -hmm. um, there's a real clear domination um, of messaging um, and it's done on the national level. And, and you can see it because um, you know, that's what's coming up. Like we, we had a hard time in our candidates' dialogues with their uh, opponents, even getting them to talk about Indiana. It was right. all nationalized messaging. And right. it was being you know, really like sent directly through this kind of impenetrable tube <laughs> from the national level, from Fox News and from uh, Sinclair Media to Indiana, like in particularly rural voters. And we could not, we could not break through that. And that's something that, um, you know, that's gonna continue to be a problem. Um, when um, state level and even lower level race uh, Republicans are calling Democratic opponents, you know, Nancy Pelosi or AOC, you know, it's like, I mean, why are we not talking about Indiana? And the reason is because we could not, we could not even reach 
um, those people with our messaging. So this is, and this is, you know, it's not a fair question because it's a hard one. That's a really hard one, how to get through that. It is, but it's a hard one we must tackle. We, we must have this conversation. It, it is a very hard one. And I say, you know, as a business leader um, and, and, and somebody who has been in the arena as a representative and also somebody who has been fighting the narrative as that Republicans have tried to put on me. I have represented and been elected in a Republican district. I'm the first woman to represent my community. I'm the first Democrat since the 1940s. I can tell you for sure um, in my own community where I've grown up and lived, fighting and walking through the branding that has been tried to put on me has not been easy, but it is exactly, again, another reason why I'm talking to you today. I believe so strongly that there is another way, but just no, we're never going to get there without a comprehensive strategy, even when it comes to our messaging. And I believe there's layers of that, but we have to recognize that there's no one size fits all to the messaging strategy for our races. I know for sure what I talk about is in district uh, 92 is different than district 15 or you know, just understanding from my caucus members, but also the reality of traveling around the state and being a lifelong Hoosier. I know the conversations are different around our state. And we also need to recognize the rhetoric that alienates members of our base that you're talking about and make sure that we speak the comprehensive product, the, the policies that define us as Democrats. I mean, namely a, a fair playing field, you know, supporting all Hoosier families and fighting for inclusive economic policies that build up both of our urban and rural communities. I mean, I think I know for far too long, we've let Republicans define what it means to be a Democrat. And our only option has been to fight against that and fight against what we're not. I mean, we, we are not talking about, unfortunately, our policies. We're talking about who, who we are saying that they say that we are, that we're not. And that sounds confusing in itself, but we need to tailor our messaging to reach rural voters and show them what we as Democrats stand for. And not only that, to do it with confidence. Mm -hmm. People not confidence know what our policies and who we are and what we stand for. That's it too. So yeah, I that's such a great point. Yeah. There, there are so many layers because again, what you mentioned, it's it's a, a national, it's a it's a local, it's a state. But you know what, Debbie, this is the thing. We're never going to get anywhere outside of that if we are not talking about it and if we are not focusing comprehensively and even directly from district to district. Mm -hmm. There is so much work that needs to be done. When we talk about a, a fair, real, comprehensive strategy to get us where we need to be, I can tell you. Uh, it's, it's a lot of work ahead and messaging is a very big part of that work, but we can do it. We will do it. Yeah. We and can. I mean, I mean, I can almost, you know, imagine actually Democrats having, you know, an image. I mean, cause right now there does, there isn't one. I mean, except for like what you said, like what the Dem the Republicans say we are that, you know, we're coming much of our so, time fighting that narrative has been, no, that's not who we are, but uh, right. certainly for us to be confident about who, what we stand for, the policies that we stand for, who we are is, is critical moving forward. And I look forward to helping with that. And um, I'm a proud uh, Democrat. And I know that there's also a lot of proud Democrats. And I look forward to helping people understand why I am so proud 
of, of what I stand by and to be a Democrat in the state of Indiana. That's excellent. And well, and now here's a, here's an example. Um, you know, many of our candidates really got shut down on the um, Second Amendment issue, you know, gun rights and everything. And, you know, I don't think there's any Democrat who doesn't believe in safe and responsible gun ownership that protects children. But that's not, that wasn't what anyone outside of the Democratic Party thought Democrats believe. They've been doing that for a very long time. So we know that. We know this. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to be important for us um, across, across the nation, but we can be responsible for ourselves and we can be responsible for our state and take action on that. And, and it's nothing that's gonna happen overnight and we know that, but we have continued um, unfortunately to walk with that and I'm done with it. So I'm looking yeah. forward to working with everyone to make sure people fully understand who we are as Democrats and the policies that we do stand for. And um, that's, 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 that's the road I'm gonna walk down. Excellent. Well, and okay, so uh, here's another example. Um, you know, um, a lot of things, a lot of the discussion was about abortion. And, um, and, and I will say that, you know, my work with the candidates, the women candidates that, um, that we're running, you know, we talked about reproductive justice. Well, you know, that's not just abortion. Then, you know, that's um, addressing sexual violence against women, which is at epidemic levels. That's ensuring maternal yep. health and infant mortality. That's um, getting equal paid the equal amount of money for doing the equal work. You know, all of those go to reproductive justice. And, um, and that is such a, you know, that is such an undeveloped part of being a Democrat that you just don't see. And that really should be part of our image, you know, about lifting oh, women up. Um, I, I all of feel those. like, sure, right. Yes, I agree with you. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay. I am right. too. Here's another question. I talk to you about a lot because it is something uh, that I believe in strongly. So, but I know we only have so much time. So, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Here's another question. Um, let's see. Um, how can you re energize the Democratic Party at the county level? We have, um, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, have been talking about the difficulties yeah. at the county level. Not enough, not enough. Yeah action, not enough, you know, getting out there doing stuff. Um, uh, what can we do to energize the Democrats, Democrats at, at, that, at that level? Yeah, well, I got to tell you, I really just strongly believe in my experience, the grassroots work that's being done. Um, I can just speak to my communities. Um, wow, I just can't thank all those folks enough. Number one, I, I believe they are the backbone. They are the front line. Um, and and um, they, they've, they've done a lot of work and um, I know they're weary, uh, but it is important for us to recognize their work, number one. And I think that, you know, we all know the, the cliche that our, our, our county level organizations, like I said, you know, are the backbone. But, you know, for far too long, we haven't given them the tools to succeed and set forth a comprehensive plan that brings all 92 counties to the table. I've gotten the chance to talk with many of them, 
um, over the last few weeks and really last few years as uh, just really getting to have a, a better understanding because I work as a state representative and as a clinical liaison. And so I don't come to the table knowing everything that it takes to be a chair or more. And so just really admire the work that's being done and have been able to witness of so much of that in, in, in front of me. And it's been incredible. And, and I mean, really, I think, and if we haven't spoken yet, I would say for any of the people that may be watching, if you haven't received a call from me yet, just, you know, you're, around the corner so but time and time again I think we've heard it said that you know there's a wall uh, between our state and our county parties these relationships not only need to be invested in but utilized to set strategic benchmarks for success to lead by the county parties themselves I mean they, they want to succeed they, they want uh, the, the, the guidance assistance and resources really coming from the top. They want that help. I believe our county organizations have roots that run deep in our communities. They know their communities better than anyone else. And this is a valuable asset, asset that it's gonna help us build our strong network of resources that carry us across the finish line. We know that this sort of structural investment it, it yields the measurable results and it's a lengthy timeline, but it's necessary in order to achieve the goals that um, create the generational impacts that I wanna make, that I know we all wanna make that stay in place after each election cycle. And I just, I know that with a strong party organization, I believe and I know for sure that empowered leaders at every level will be able to create this systematic changes to to the way that our party and our state op operate. I mean, I think that there is just an enormous opportunity for us to re-energize. And most importantly, what I've done as a nonprofit leader, as a business leader, and also someone who has been able to help candidates in my backyard, in my community to get elected and also around the state is providing them with the tools and the resources and sometimes some mentorship and a friendly hello and thank you on occasion really goes a long way too. But there is just so much uh, that we can do to, to help uh, really re-energize. And, and for me, that's where I see a lot of this work. I, I'm really excited to be able to work on the ground up. I've always said, and I know for sure, I, I'm, a, I'm a ground lady. Uh, I, like to, I like to be there getting the work done. And I always have. So I look forward to learning and uh, listening for a lot, from a lot of people who have different perspectives, ideas, and really knowledge. And, but being able to, to listen to that and then help with a strategic plan to go in place um, and to be able to do everything that we can to give them the tools. And then it's, it's important because with that, then the people take responsibility and ownership of that and, and they run with it and they do a better job than you could ever even dream of. So I'm really excited to just re-energize and to be able to helpful and, and do what I can to give the tools along with a team of people who I know would wanna do the same. That's great. And um, again, and you know, now that I'm like inspired here to keep giving um, examples, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, as I worked with uh, these 29 wonderful candidates from all over the state, you know, I got to hear about local democratic um, parties uh, all over the state. And uh, like in our county, um, many times, um, because people approach the party and don't, you know, get welcomed, they don't get appreciated, 
um, they often sometimes don't even get included, uh, you know, um, that many counties ended up creating other groups, other democratic groups like ours. Um, and this happened in many, many counties. And, um, you know, we would like to, you know, you know, we'd like to work towards unifying all of the Democrats in each of these counties. And, um, and I wonder, um, you know, yeah, we're, you know, I know we have some variety of positions um, on different issues, um, but I wanna, I wanna ask you, how do you think that you can address that in a way that helps um, all of these, you know, kind of fractured democratic local party and, uh, and clubs or groups um, come together and, um, you know, so that they're just much stronger. Yes. Well, again, you know, I think number one is I think there's a real opportunity for us to do some some of the things we've never done before. And in my mind, I know that something that I have coming up that I'm working on is I believe there's an opportunity for some of the folks to work together who a lot of times we're so busy just doing the best that we can. Um, but just making sure that we are spending a lot of time learning for each from each other, but also um, I believe it is almost a, a county by county um, way that we can um, make sure again that we're not coming in there um, feeling at all um, as a party. We are there to help. We are there to assist. And I think um, creating those relationships, earning respect from the people who have been doing the work. Look, too many times in the state of Indiana, let alone in my own personal community, have we uh, been told lots of things before. But I know a lot of people and smart Hoosiers also believe that they know they want to see things. They want to see action. And I think that it's important for us to show up for people in these communities, um, earn respect and trust, provide those tools and resources to each other, but find more ways for us to work to work with each other, learn from each other. And um, I think that there is a lot of opportunity for how we can engage, but also start building a better infrastructure and connecting um, all of us together. Um, but there's no time like right now to be doing that and looking at the incredible people who are doing good work and um, we have to, to just, it's important for us um, to every area in this state is going to need to have a focus and to make sure that we're there to lift everyone up and uh, bring them along with us along the way. So I look forward to doing everything that I can to connect people and certainly the good people who are doing work within our counties. And I know there's a lot of things that have happened in the past too. I think what I've experienced in politics is there's a lot of stuff that's happened that I have no idea about that people have that have happened years ago or this or that. But uh, for me, I have no other priority than the progressive uh, fair policies that we stand for and the fair opportunities for our districts and doing what I can to do the right thing and, and do what I know, which is to know better and to take care of the people of the state the best that I can. So along the way, I don't have all the answers, but I do feel like I'm a coalition builder. My resume shows that, but uh, people who know Carly Macer and know my heart, the heart of people of, uh, is where I'm at, but um, I have spent my career strategizing and, and executing plans and most importantly, lifting up others along the way. And I look forward to doing that within our counties, within our party, through every single area of our state. And uh, like I said, bring everybody, bring everybody side by side together up along the way. That's terrific. And, and you know, just to your point, I, you know, I think that even though we have all of these kind of 
different groups that are working, you know, parallel work. Um, it's interesting to find that um, all of them really believe in the Democratic Party platform. Um, you know, and so there's really no need to have this kind of fracturing, um, except for, you know, uh, you know, technology, you know, whatever logistical problems or personality problems that are keeping people from coming together. So I really look forward to, you know, your influence and your ability to, you know, just bring everybody together. I mean, we really all do believe in the same thing. And so yes. um, there's no, no good reason. Yeah, to it's, you know, really respect the organizations who have really, I mean, if you think about it as Democrats, who we are, we're just hardworking, excellent, smart, talented people. And when, when Democrats feel like we, you know, I, I admire people who have taken it into their hands many times to do what they can uh, to assist the party along the way to help out within their communities. I mean, that's just who we are. And I just can't thank them enough. And I look forward for um, everybody being a part of what we're doing moving forward. But most importantly, I, I thank everybody for um, doing what they can to, to lead the way. I look forward to a day when the Democrat Party is so strong that all of us will be working tightly together. And maybe even some of these organ organizations will not even need to exist. Right. I, I think that I look forward to that day. And I know for sure there is a future for that. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Okay, where are we at? Okay, so we're half fast. Let's see. I have, um, uh, okay, so we talked about the message a bit, a bit. Um, and but I would like to ask it again a little bit with another kind of angle on it and really um, ask you to talk about how Democrats uh, in the Democratic Party can develop um, a winning message um, for uh, rural voters, uh, because I think that's where our challenge is, right? Yes, it kind of goes. It definitely goes along with what I've already said to Deb. I think that there's so many layers of approach, but I think we're going to have to be extremely strategic, uh, not only as our our message period um, of the policies, the important policies that we stand for, that people will know for sure what they are, who, what they mean exactly with confidence, be able to, um, to talk to their neighbors, their colleagues, their family about that. But also, I think, think that, um, like I mentioned already, is that, you know, in District 92 is different than, you know, the area of uh, Southern Indiana in particular. I mean, it's just, again, you know, what is important to our um, districts and our communities and our counties on a very local level, it's important for we for us to really listen and understand. But I think our message is going to be so strategic in that way as well. So there's several layers of messaging that I believe are going to be important. But our rural, our rural community, like our voters, we need to show up for them. Mm -hmm. we, we need to make sure that what I feel moving forward, again, as somebody who has uh, represented a, a, a red district, mm -hmm. as somebody who has been a Democrat in a Republican community and, and have, have found my way, I just know how important it is um, for our messaging. And again, you know, as a proud Democrat, I've worked really hard to fight the narrative that we've had. But I do believe that there is a, a lot of work that needs to be done in our rural communities are ready for us to show up. And um, I, I know because I've heard from so many of them, but I believe uh, to answer your question, it really is really strategic 
um, around the state. And I will say, you know, I, I would never compromise my integrity, but uh, also I would never compromise the Democrat policies that I stand for as well. So when I say that, I know that um, we all um, know how important it is to really truly understand our communities when it comes to messaging, listening to those local leaders who know, and to be able to be so strategic with how we move forward with our messaging is going to be really, really important. And particularly that is in our rural communities. And I've been listening to so many wonderful people as I've had a lot of conversations now and just finding the threads that weave through all of our communities and so many of our rural communities really talk so much about um, fighting that narrative um, always that uh, most of their conversations is screaming about what they are not um, and, and, and right. defending who they and it's so much of that. So our rural communities, all of our communities need a lot, but I would say our rural communities really deserve an extra hand in us showing up because I work have worked with the people who represent those areas that sit on the other side of the aisle for me, and uh, they're not showing up for those folks either. So I look right. forward to making sure they fully understand why it's important to not only be a Democrat, but to vote for Democrats and also to run for office as Democrats. That's great. And, also, and I think I agree with you. Oh, go ahead. They donate a lot of money to us too. So <laughs> because uh, when people believe in that and they see that you are uh, succeeding, they, they are witnessing that. I know more and more people will also financially um, be, be behind us and uh, we're going to be able to work our way to, like I said, um, we know my goal is to be in the majority for Democrats by 2030. Excellent. That's Excellent plan. And, you know, as to rural people, I think, um, you know, we know that their issues are issues that Democrats are, are you know, are, are sympathetic to and want to help, you know, by expanding infrastructure for internet and broadband, um, you know, uh, improving access to health care, um, providing, you know, um, rural access to higher education, uh, all of these things, you know, and even farming issues, you know, moving forward, farming is changing. And, um, you know, and Democrats are ready to address those uh, issues. Uh, and so, we yes. just, you know, we just really need to wrap our arms around and it those people. And even further than that, uh, just briefly, as someone, I spent three of my years in, in high school um, in Rockville, Indiana. And so um, just this morning, I got home from Park County. That's where my family lives. They've lived there for 30 something years. Uh, my brother lives um, there in uh, Park County, Bridgeton as well, has a little farm. And so much of what I've seen over my years, but also in addition to what you've said, uh, the, the public schools, the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about the things that we stand for as Americans. The, that, that their schools have consolidated in a way the local hospitals barely exist out there and it goes on and on so i'm someone who i i yes i represent district 92 over the years but also the other part of my life and a beautiful part of indiana in a park county has been a, a huge part of of my life as well and i see those rural communities because th those are my family those are my neighbors and um, again when you work in the arena and you're watching people watching them vote against the interest of their own community yeah devastating it is it, it's a, that's why i'm talking to you today again yeah it is it's just shocking 
So, um, okay. So, um, so I want to wrap up because we're, we're about out of time, but I want to, um, you know, I know that you are excited to get, um, you know, more people involved and I want to uh, make sure everyone knows that uh, in 2020, uh, on the on the May primary ballot is when you can run for precinct committee chair in your precinct, and um, it would be uh, it would be delightful if everyone ran for every precinct. I don't know that that's ever happened, uh, so it would be really great if that happened. And people who were who were um, interested, who were eager to learn, who were eager to adopt their precinct as their own uh, their own neighborhood, and reach out and develop volunteers in their own precincts that help them reach every voter in their precinct and get every voter registered and get every voter um, to the polls and get them familiarized with candidates. Um, you know, that's what we wanna see for precinct committee people. We wanna see people who are, who are ready to go. And, you know, the Democratic Party has, has uh, developed good training materials for that. There's really, you know, there's materials out there. Um, but we need we need strong leadership that will really uh, help uh, set up expectations for precinct committee chairs and their committees uh, at the at the lowest level of the party and um, and hold everybody accountable. Um, yes, so, I call them front line. I'm sorry. Again, that's another front line. Those are front line Democrats right there. Yeah. They are very important people, um, and yeah. they need to be recognized as such. Right, and I'm so um, just hopeful to to know that there would be someone who could really recognize them and appreciate them and validate them, you know, train them, help them understand what the expectations are, and you know, hold everybody accountable, um, you know, because you know people like that, you know, <laughs> people want to be held accountable, um, they, but they, they first need to know what they're supposed to be doing and what the expectations right, are. Right, they first need to know what they're supposed to do. And so, um, so I'm really excited for leadership that will support that grassroots development because that, you know, that's what's going to, that's how we're going to reach all of the people in the rural areas, uh, you know, really face to face. And, and that will be honestly, the, maybe the only way to really break through the nationalized Republican um, messaging that is streamed straight from, you know, Fox News to local TV stations uh, and to local radio stations. Um, that's how you do it. You get people at the local level who are talking face to face with um, with voters. That's exactly okay. Right. I think those are all my questions. All right. Uh, oh, here's a here's a good question. Okay, what will it take for Democrats to win in Indiana? So yeah, no pressure. Mm -hmm. Oh, no pressure on that. Uh, well, again, you know, I, Deb, I come to you with not knowing, you know, all the answers. Um, certainly. But uh, what I know that I know from my experience, uh, what we need uh, to lead our party forward is we need energy, hard work, and most importantly, a solid plan for success. Uh, we need that solid plan for success. As somebody who has spent time honorably serving, I, I need to know that there's a plan for us, that there's not just a half plan that there's a plan for us, that my friends who are elected today and my friends who are gonna be elected in the future, I want to make sure that they know that there is a plan, that there is a plan for us to be passing policies that are fair and progressive, but also that the districts in which they represent are fair. And I know that, you know, really I've talked about it. It, it comes and it begins really with a comprehensive strategy that refreshes our party 
from the grassroots up in order to establish that workable infrastructure. And that's what we've built here in District 92. But that supports our candidates really across the board. We need to be investing in our county parties and certainly our grassroots organizers. And most importantly, our voters. Our yeah, voters yeah, yeah. we need to be investing in. And if we're going to truly revitalize our party. And that's, we know the voters are, are, are high priority. And that's again, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And we can, and I want everyone to know, we will, we will work like a well-oiled machine together under strong leadership that we stand side by side as we expand the outreach and that we continue to fight for our neighbors and all Hoosiers across the state. And I believe with everything in me, 10 years ago, we were in the majority. It's our time. So let's not waste another minute. Everyone do what they can to take a deep breath and know that we are going to move forward in a way that we will have the day that Democrats will be elected at the top and that we will be passing policies to help all of us. And we will need to lead with excellence and hard work along the way and take full responsibility for where we're at today and all work together to move forward. And it's gonna be lasting. We will make sure that we put in the maintenance work as we move ahead and that for our future generations, there'll never be a day that they will be in a majority of super Republican majority, um, there's never going to be that day again. So Deb, I appreciate your time and everyone who is uh, listening and, and going to watch this, please reach out to me. If it's okay, I would love to give my information. Uh, everybody already has my cell number, so why not? It's important to have it out there, but it's 317-260-1194. And also people can uh, reach out to me on Twitter and Facebook, Carly Macer on uh, both. And uh, just no matter what, I want everyone to know, again, no one's gonna show up to save the day. Certainly um, it's, it's our responsibility to, to do this work moving forward and let's leave the finger pointing aside and let's use every bit of our energy to lift each other up and so that we're gonna see the day that there won't be an election where Indiana lights up red. As a matter of fact, it's gonna light up blue and we're not too far from that, but let's all do the work together. Excellent, all right. Well, thank you so much, Carly. It was just, uh, just a delight to talk to you and I hope we get to do this again soon. I do so, too. All right. you again for everything and I look forward to seeing everyone. All right, we're signing off, take care. See ya.